Hey, welcome to Olivet Community Church. We're online, test driving, um, new technology, and honestly, um, stepping out in faith in an amazing season. How are you doing? Are you finding yourself feeling like you're on edge, edge of fear, the edge of anxiety? Hey, I've got great news. None of this surprises God. He's here with us right now. We're going to just invite you to an hour of worship, an hour of prayer, an hour of scripture and study of God's word. And we're going to trust that God is going to speak to us during this time. So join with us, would you? Let's begin with a worship together.
of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verses 1 through 10, we find these words. The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, which did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these forty years. Knowing then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, flowing out in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. And you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. This is the very word of God.
to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> 
Oh, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you that it never returns to you void, especially in times such like as these, God. Your word speaks life to us. Oh, God, I pray the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Again, this is new for us, but I want to invite you to um, open your Bibles, open your phones to uh, Deuteronomy um, chapter 8, and, and together, let's see if we can explore and try and grasp um, what God wants to say to us today. So do you find yourself on the edge? I know I have been. And this is uncharted territory. Everyone I've talked to, even, even saints... 80 and 90 years old say they cannot remember a time like this, well, maybe since World War II, when everything is shut down, when, when we've had to hunker down. Where's God in the midst of this? Where are we? When you find yourself living on the edge, God's word speaks. Did you hear it a few moments ago? Deuteronomy 1, 1 says, these are the words that Moses spoke to all of Israel beyond the Jordan in the wilderness. What is Moses inviting us to do? You see, the situation we find ourselves in is very much like them. Remember just a couple of weeks ago, they stood on the edge of the Red Sea and, and the thundering chariot wheels were, were approaching rapidly and they found themselves caught between the mountains and the sea, the Egyptian fortress and, and the army of Egypt. And, and God's word says God intentionally put them in that situation. So what do we do when we find ourselves on the edge of, of what we've never experienced before? I want to encourage you from our passage today, look forward, look forward. Deuteronomy 8.1 says that, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land the Lord swore to give to your fathers. So Moses speaking across the ages is inviting us to look forward. Why? So that we can live. I know it's easy to get overwhelmed, especially as disease begins to touch people that we care about and people that we love, especially as more and more of our city is, is shut down. It's, it's, it's easy to, to, to surrender to fear, to wonder, does God's grace extend even to us? Moses' words are God's word to us today. You're going to make this. You're going to be okay. God's intervening right now in our situation so that you may live. Did you hear that in the scripture? Moses also tells us that it's not just about surviving. It's about multiplying. He says that you may live and multiply. This is, this is not some accident, some blip on the screen, something that, that God said, whoops, I didn't see that coming. God is sovereign. God is sovereign over our circumstances. And if he has brought us to this place, as we've said, it's not only for our good and for his glory, but actually to advance the kingdom, to multiply God's purposes. So this is not a loss. This is, this is not a setback. God is actually helping us to thrive. He's helping us to multiply. Moses reminds us the third thing. He says, so that so that you may go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. 
In other words, Moses is saying, look forward so that you can experience the promise of God. God has set apart a place for us. For those of us at all of that, we're a couple of weeks away from beginning worship in a new location. And isn't it interesting in God's timing that this happened right here and right now? But God's promise remains. God, God says, I want you to experience my promises. So, so what do we do? We look forward, but we also look back. Deuteronomy 8, verse 2 says, And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. You shall remember. Remember the way the Lord led you. See, this isn't just about the destination. This is also about the journey. The, the people of Israel were saved through the waters. And they were delivered from their bondage in Egypt. And, and those of us who have trusted Christ have been saved. This is not about our salvation. Christ's work on the cross was enough. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we were delivered. And, and symbolically, we were delivered through the waters of baptism, just like the people of Israel. Well, this isn't about our salvation. This is about God molding us and shaping us into the image of the one who saved us. The theological term for that is sanctification. With each and every passing day, God is, is shaping us into the image of his son, Jesus. So remember, Moses says, the way the Lord led you. How did he do that? Moses tells us he humbled us. We won't have time today, but in verses 10 through 20 of chapter 8, he calls us, be careful. Pride is, is the greatest enemy we have here. To begin to think that it's by our strength, by our character, by our works, that somehow God has delivered us uh, is, is, is a recipe for disaster. So God took his people and humbled them. He let them thirst, Exodus 15 says. He let them thirst. Did you see that, that journey? If you've had a chance to read through Exodus 15, 16, and 17, the very passages that Moses is now summarizing in 10 verses, if you've had a chance to read through those, you'll see that God put before them three tests. And the first one, the first one is what would they do when they began to thirst? And this was, this was no small thing. God led two million people for three days in the desert without water. And I, and I know that maybe you've never experienced something like that physically, but I'm guessing that you have emotionally. I'm guessing that there's been seasons in your life where you felt dry and you felt like there was no water and there was no hope of it. And for the people of Israel, they traveled for three days and then, and then like a mirage, they found an oasis. They found this place, they later called it Mara, but they, they found this place of water and you can imagine uh, it was all they could do to keep from rushing that little pond with the first people that that found the water said, now this is death in this water. 
The waters were bitter. And, and it's almost like God brought them to the very edge. There's that word again. The very edge of their trust. The very edge of their ability to follow. And, and said, can you still trust me even when things don't work out the way that you thought they would? And, and the scripture says that the people grumbled. They grumbled against Moses. They grumbled against God. And, and God found out what was in their hearts. As, as we saw a moment ago, God experienced what was in their hearts. You see, so many of us can say things with our lips. As Isaiah said, while well, our hearts are far from God. Or we can put on a good show, especially in times like this. But what happens when, when God doesn't answer our prayers in the way or the timing that we want? What do we do then? God tested them to experience what was in their heart. They began with thirst. And when they cried out, when they grumbled, I love, I love God for this. They're grumbling against God. And yet God still delivered them. He spoke to Moses. He says, throw this piece of wood into the water. All kinds of speculation about what that piece of wood was. All I know is that something miraculous happened. That when Moses threw that wood into the water, what was bitter became sweet. Oh, I'm so, so grateful for the cross, right? For the difference that that piece of wood made in my bitterness. I began to see that, that everything that I had experienced to that point in my life brought me to that place where I needed Jesus and cried out to Jesus. When I got through a piece of wood into my bitterness, it was the cross. But in this passage, Moses threw the piece of wood. He obeyed God. He threw the piece of wood into the water and the water was made sweet. It wasn't enough for them. They lifted up their eyes and I don't know if miraculously the other oases appeared or if in fact it had been there the whole time and they just couldn't see it. But God revealed to them a place of 12 springs and, and 70 palm trees, right? A place of, of quenching the thirst, a place of shade from the sun. God miraculously provided for them what they craved. In Exodus 16, we read that it wasn't long before having their thirst sated, they began to crave something else. They began to crave bread. They began to crave meat. This was that famous place that when Jesus himself was led into the wilderness, when Jesus himself was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, uh, he responded to the temptation and said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is where that passage comes from. God let them hunger so that they would realize that there was something greater even than food. Oh, he still provided quail miraculously. He still provided manna. We'll explore that in the weeks to come. He gave them their daily bread. But just as we've discovered in these tumultuous times, have you been, have you been to Sam's? Have you been to Schnucks? Have you been to the store? Oh, 
I fear that it's going to get worse before it gets better. But, but for the first time in many of our memories, um, the bread isn't there. For the first time in many of our memories, the supplies are not there. What will we do when it's not so convenient for us? Will we still trust in the one whose word is more satisfying than any bread, any, any food could possibly be? He let them thirst, he let them hunger, but then he also let them rest. I know it seems odd. It seems like it's stuck into this passage. But at the end of Exodus chapter 16, we read that, that God reaffirms the critical nature of stopping what we're doing and, and resting in him. We have a joke around here with our staff. If you don't take Sabbath, you will get Sabbath. Are you following me? In other words, if you, if you don't honor the Lord by taking a day, a week, you'll get a day. It'll just be flat on your back with a fever, probably. And don't misunderstand me. I'm not threatening you with coronavirus. I'm just saying you were created by God to rest. And if you don't take that, if you don't take a day and remember the Lord who has led you through the wilderness, then eventually... Your body will give out. Eventually, your emotions will give out. You will give in to fear. You will give in to anxiety. God created you to rest. So look forward to the promises of God, but look back also and remember the way that the Lord has led you in the past. Nothing has changed. Coronavirus can't change that. God is still large and in charge. God is still sovereign over our circumstances. So let's remember how he has humbled us. Let's remember how he has led us thirst for him, how he has led us hunger, how he has, has provided for us rest. Let's remember, and here's that, that amazing word again, how he tests us in the wilderness of our lives. How he tests us. You remember that that word, at least in the New Testament, this trials and test and temptation are all the same words. We learn before as we study those words that when we give in to our fears, when we give in to our lusts, when we give in to our desires, then a trial becomes a temptation. But there's only one word here in scripture. What is God doing? Why is he testing us? Well, again, he's testing us to experience what is in our hearts, to experience it. Again, we can say that we believe that God is faithful. We can say that we believe God is able to provide. We can say that God is able to heal, right? But until, until we live it, then, then those are just words. So faith in the Bible is God's experience of what is in our hearts. Not necessarily what's in our emotions, not just what is in our minds, but what is in our hearts. When push comes to shove, what will we do when we're facing amazing trials and temptations? So look forward. Moses invites us, look back. And as we... As we think about this, I just want to ask a couple of 
questions. And I have to say that these questions help me clarify in my mind my own response to God's word today. At the end of Deuteronomy 7, uh, 17, in verse 7, the question that helped the people of Israel clarify, the question that God wanted them to answer is the same one they began with. Remember how when he led them out of Egypt, he was with them? We saw that three weeks ago. He was with them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. That pillar of cloud was still there. That pillar of fire was still there. God has added other signs of his love and of his presence. He's given them manna. He's given their miraculous water. The question for us in these crucial times is the same as it was for Israel. After the trial by thirst, after the trial by hunger, after the, the challenge of God to stop and rest in his presence, is the Lord among us or not? The first question is, do you believe that God is here? Yeah, I know. In the midst of the physical trials, in the midst of the social upheaval, in the midst of all the fears for the future, do you believe this? That God is still among us. That, that his word is true. I will never leave you or forsake you. We learned, right? We saw in Isaiah 43, yes, you will walk through the fire, but you won't be burned. We saw in, in Isaiah 43 that, yes, the waters will engulf you and uh, attempt to overwhelm you, but you shall not drown. We saw, even last week, in Psalm 91, the pestilence that stalks us. Yeah, that's very real. God doesn't protect you from those things. He just promises to be with you in the midst of it. Is God among you? If, if you're not sure, find a, a woman or a man, a Christian friend who, who can pray with you. Call us. Our staff, our elders are here for you. It, during this time, our deacons are going door to door to try and remind one another that, that God never leaves us or forsakes us. Let, us. let us pray for you during this time. In fact, let me just stop right now. And do that for you. Now, this is a little weird. I haven't prayed for people over the internet before, but I'm, I'm trusting a God that you're not bound by time or space. You know, you know, God, the fears and the anxieties, physical challenges, the emotional challenges, even the spiritual challenges, the forsakenness that many feel. God, you're not surprised by those things. I just pray in Jesus' name right now that you would transcend the distance between us, that you would transcend the time between us, and that you would bring peace, God, to the women and men who are observing this even now. Thank you, God, that your grace is sufficient for us. We trust in that, and we believe it. Amen. Well, the first question was, is the Lord among us or not? The second question that Moses asks is, will we, we be careful to do what the Lord commands? 
the first verse of our passage today, Deuteronomy 8.1, reveals that God is watching. He's waiting to experience our faithfulness. He's waiting to see if we will do what he has asked. I want to encourage you to look forward, look back, ask the hard questions. But in the end, in the end, look up. Look up. We began this whole series with this affirmation. God hears the cries of his people. He doesn't always respond in the way or the timing that we would like, but make no mistake, he hears. And in his sovereign wisdom, he's working out the perfect solution for our trials, even, yes, even the trials which we're living through today, even the concerns of your heart. God hears the cry of his people. And he has sent his only begotten son, Jesus. He has sent Jesus before us to experience everything that we are experiencing. Not just to experience them, but, but to have victory over everything that you are experiencing today. Did you hear it earlier as Tom read from Hebrews chapter 4? Let me read it for us again. Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, even Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. We don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Jesus has gone before to hear a chorus of saints and angels in Revelation chapter 4. They said it over and over again. You are worthy to receive power and glory and honor. Jesus, you are worthy. He is worthy. Trust him today as you find yourself in the same situation as the people of Israel. Trust the Son of God who has gone before you and who laid his life down for you. He's worthy of your trust. Can you pray with me one more time? Oh, Jesus, thank you that you love us more than we could ever imagine. Thank you that though fears abound, God, though, though challenges surround us, though we don't know the future, God, you do. You're already in the future. You care about the needs of your children. So Jesus, even if we've never trusted you before, give us that mustard seed of faith today, would you? God, give us the gift of being able to trust you. Jesus, we... We declare that you are worthy of our trust. 
You are sovereign over every circumstance of our lives. You have taken our burden upon yourself so that we might not have to carry this. We trust you, Jesus. We thank you for everything that you have done and that you will do for us. In Jesus' precious name, amen.
to trust as we saw in the scripture and your own resources, even your own wealth. The pride. Nothing. As we've seen over these past weeks, nothing can stand up in the test of time. Nothing can stand up against the power of God's word. Except the worthiness of his son, Jesus. Jesus and Jesus alone is worthy of building your life upon. So God, help us grant us strength even today, would you? To not trust in our own selves, in our own health, in our own resources, in our own wisdom, in our own pride. But help us to trust in Jesus and the work that he's already done of God. Help us to build our life upon Christ. In Christ alone. Sing that with us, won't you? I will build my life upon your word, Jesus. for joining us online today. I know this is a scary time, but we've got a great God. And he will not leave us or forsake us. So take advantage of this time. Spend time in his word. Find comfort from the presence of the Holy Spirit. Reach out to your neighbors. Reach out to your brothers and sisters in Christ. And let's just believe that God's kingdom is going to advance in these days. Peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Now, and for